You're listening to New England Public Media News. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is the shortlist NEPM's Week in Review. Joining us today on the line, Elizabeth Roman, reporter and editor with the Springfield Republican, and El Pueblo Latino. Hello, Liz. Hi. And making her debut on the shortlist, Tammy Daniels, executive editor with iBerkshires.com. Welcome, Tammy. Hi, thanks for having me. This week, the Centers for Disease Control recommended people, even those vaccinated, go back to wearing masks indoors in places where the Delta variant of COVID-19 is surging. Some parts of Massachusetts and Connecticut fall into these areas, but governors in both states said they wanted time to process the latest guidance. Here's Charlie Baker of Massachusetts. We have the second lowest hospitalization rate for COVID in the United States. We have the second highest vaccination rate. We actually are behind Vermont in both of those cases. And those things factor into how we make these decisions, and they should, because the vaccines work. That was Wednesday, but as we taped this on Friday, the Baker administration has updated its guidance. It's now advising vaccinated people to wear masks in public when indoors if they're at risk for serious illness or live with someone at risk. And the Baker administration is also strongly recommending that school children in kindergarten through sixth grade wear masks this fall. Liz, as we've certainly seen, a lot can change with COVID-19, including public policy. These are recommendations, not requirements. What's your take? I, I think we discussed this the last time I was on, but uh, at, particularly in Springfield, there's still a large part of the Black and Latino population who is not vaccinated. I think the numbers have gone up to about 50%, but that's still half of the population that isn't vaccinated and is at is at risk, whether it's Delta or not. So I think that um, when the governor makes these statements about how we're doing so well as a state, he does need to take into consideration the larger populated areas and the poorer communities where people still aren't aren't vaccinated. Tammy, Governor Baker has continued to say cities and towns can take stronger action if they desire. Do you think more communities are going to do so? I think communities have been very, I, we're in a very rural part of the area up here in, in Northern Berkshire County. And I think uh, communities here have been very careful about not going farther than the lead of the governor. And uh, it, I think if they want people to do something, I think the governor has to be the one to step up and, and sort of set the set the, the guidelines for the way communities um, should be working because we, we've had no communities here have on their own determined these types of guidelines. They've all gone by what the governor has said. Also this week, Suffolk County District Attorney Rachel Rollins was nominated by President Biden to be the next U.S. attorney in Massachusetts. If confirmed by the Senate, she would be just the second woman and first black woman to hold the job. Her nomination has been rumored for months. Rollins has been praised by progressives but criticized by police unions. Tammy, what message does this nomination send? Um, I think this sends the message that uh, Massachusetts would like to see somebody very progressive in this role. Uh, Rollins, and I, I've sort of been following her from a distance. I mean, she was only um, put in office in 2018, and three years later, we're looking at her as a U.S. attorney. And I think it kind of shows the direction that at least the Massachusetts politicians would like to see the state move into. It may not be smooth sailing for Rollins in the Senate, though. Tom Cotton, a Republican senator from Arkansas, said he would try to block Rollins' confirmation, saying some of her policies and those of other Democrats have led to a jump in crime. Liz, do you see this opposition as legitimate or a byproduct of partisan feelings in Washington right now? 
Honestly, when I saw a tweet from Cotton where he said that he felt that there was an under-incarceration problem in America, I pretty much couldn't take it seriously after that. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's all politics at the end of the day. It, unless you can prove that there are real numbers and real cases where she let out violent offenders during COVID or, uh, you know, cases where she, she let people off that should have been in prison, uh, then, yeah, then maybe we could have a more serious conversation about it. But I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing her move forward. Moving locally, the Berkshire District Attorney recently said she would not be issuing guidance to communities on what to do when a police officer ends up on something called the Brady List. That means an officer has proven credibility issues and may not be able to be called to testify in a case. Tammy, the District Attorney there, Andrea Harrington, recently said this in Williamstown, where one officer is indeed on the list and the department is already short-staffed. What are community members saying? Uh... There has been a lot of difficulty in the Williamstown Police Department over the past year. There have been a number of issues. The the police chief has since resigned. There was a lawsuit. Um, So it's been very complicated over there. And she was grilled pretty extensively by um, residents at a slug board meeting where, where she talked about it. But I think what was struck was that she felt several times she said it's up to it's up to communities to determine what kind of policing they want. And she didn't feel her, her role was to ensure the defendants had their constitutional rights were, were, were being appropriately addressed and not for her to tell people how they should be policing their communities. And Liz, you wrote recently about a charter school in Springfield breaking ties with a national operator. It's having trouble getting access to employee records so the employees can get paid. Please fill us in, and do you have an update? Yeah, I actually spoke with the board of directors, Atu White, uh, this morning, and he said that Sabas has been, you know, cooperative, although Sabas has said they've always been cooperative, so uh, that's, you know, who's ever opinion on that, but they've been giving them the information slowly. His words were the information has been trickling in, but employees have been paid, and uh, they've just been doing it manually. Summer school went off without a hitch, and they're ready for the new new semester under their new name, Springfield International Charter School, no longer any association with Sabas. Sabas, of course, is a national operator of charter schools. This weekend, the Olympics will continue. Liz, have you been watching? I actually haven't. I'm a Winter Olympics girl, <laughs> but I have followed Simone Biles' uh, situation closely, and uh, I, I think she was she was really brave in stepping back and, and doing what she felt was right for her team. So following the news, but not the actual Olympics. Tammy? Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, I don't really follow the Olympics. I watch it a little bit with certain things that I like, but I have been following the Simone Biles thing and I totally agree with Elizabeth. I think she did what was right for her. And I think all athletes should be brave enough because they know what their bodies can take and how they feel. And it should be up to them to determine whether or not they perform. All right. Tammy Daniels with iBerkshires.com and Elizabeth Roman with the Springfield Republican and El Pueblo Latino. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And thank you for listening to The Shortlist, NEPM's Week in Review. You can catch us at any time, wherever you get your podcasts, or at nepm.org slash podcast hub. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is New England Public Media.